This is an ABC podcast. Now space for Carpenter. She loves to stride forward. Now outside with Vine. A little under 12 months ago, the idea of Ellie Carpenter striding out for the Matildas seemed a long shot. The star defender tore her ACL in a Champions League final a year out from a home World Cup. And here's the thing about Carpenter. She says it was the best thing to happen to her. In the last fortnight, the defender made her return for the Matildas, including a historic win over Eurochamps England. She says that win has the Tillies full of belief as they head to a home World Cup. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Ellie Carpenter is just 22 years of age. She has two Champions League medals to her name already. She's a crucial part of the Matildas. She's on her way back from an ACL injury and she's part of the new Disney documentary, Matildas, The World at Our Feet. Ellie, I think many Matildas fans would have been so excited to see you back in the green and gold in those recent fixtures with Scotland and England. I think there's been a level of delighted surprise that you've been able to make it back from that ACL injury. Can you take us back to that moment and just tell us how you felt when you first suffered that blow in the Champions League final. Yeah, I think it was not a great moment of mine. And she's hurt herself there. Carpenter, she just seemed to buckle as she started to run to try and get that ball. And whether she slipped on the turf, but something's happened seriously, I think, to a knee. But if there was a time to do a major injury, that was the time to do it. I was obviously very disappointed, but I knew I had enough time to hopefully make it back and get myself in form for the World Cup and playing games leading into the World Cup as well. So I'm very happy that I could play some games in the last FIFA window with the Matildas, and it was such a nice feeling to be back on the pitch with them. I think many would have wondered, if you were going to make it back in time, how hard have you had to work in order to get yourself back in the picture for the Women's World Cup? Yeah, I don't think any major injury is uh, easy at all. This is my first one, so a lot of learning curves and... um, a lot of hours every day. I don't think people know how hard you have to work unless you go through a major injury. ACL is a tricky one as well as lots of other things can happen. Um, But for me, my rehab was very smooth and I had great, great support network. I don't think I've ever worked so hard in my life really to be back all those hours every day, but it's the reward at the end of it when everything pays off. And I also learned a lot about myself on and off the pitch throughout the journey. So yeah, it was a really good rehab journey and I'm glad I I did that. I've seen you say that you think the injury in some ways was a blessing in disguise. Why was that? A blessing in disguise for me. I think it was honestly the best thing that could have happened to me. I was pretty much on the verge of a breakdown before my injury, just from a lot of minutes at club and country. And I hadn't had a proper off season for six years. I hadn't had longer than two weeks off since I started playing professionally when I was 16. So my body was just crying out for a break. Then I was just about to have a six-week off-season. Champions League final was my last game. And yeah, just couldn't hold on my body for that last 90 minutes. But I think it was my body telling me I need to refresh, take a step back and just build myself up, be better, bigger and stronger for, for this year coming. We know that you grew up in Cowra, you know, rural New South Wales heartland. And as you say, you know, you basically left home 15, 16 to pursue this whole pro football caper. I wondered whether this injury in some ways allowed you some time to grow into yourself as a person, because that's a crucial, you know, like big part of your life to be essentially a professional athlete before you've even sort of grown into yourself. Yeah, it was really nice just to take some time for myself. I hadn't done that 
since I went to freshman when I was very young and it was very nice to be a normal 22 year old girl really and uh, flying under the radar a bit just to be not a footballer not a professional footballer always having to turn up every day and, and compete every day in training so it was just a really nice break for me mentally as well also enjoy things like I haven't had in the past like with my family and things like that and meet friends and yeah so it was a it was a definitely a different life I kind of lived for those eight months and also with doing rehab but honestly it was, it was a really really nice for me. In some ways, did it sharpen your motivation to get back as well, to see the way your life would be if you were not playing elite-level football and playing for Australia? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, being a professional footballer, it's very hard. There's so many things that you know you have to overcome and, and sacrifices. And on the other hand, there are so many positives and things. And I love my job and I love being a footballer. Obviously, when I was injured towards the end of my rehab, I, was, I couldn't wait to be back on the pitch and doing what I love. Um, but sometimes you just need that break and it came at a great time, but I'm very happy that I'm back on the pitch doing what I love. But Ellie Carpenter is back. And what a moment this is for her. She was injured in the Champions League final. I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. <laughs> it's not just your dream. It's the dream of thousands of Australian football fans to see the Matildas absolutely dominating at this Women's World Cup. Given what's happened for you in the last 12 months, do you feel like you're ready for it and hungry for the pressure? I know you've spoken in the past about how you really embrace pressure. Do you feel like all this work you've done over the last six, seven years that you're ready for your moment? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of people talk it up and are we going to win? But for me and the team, we just focus on ourselves and for me individually, I don't really think of it as such a big tournament. I just think of one game at a time and, and I know that I'm ready to perform. I'll prepare myself and my body mentally and physically to be in hopefully top shape come that first game. Yeah, I'm feeling really good with where I am and hopefully come June, um, I'm even better. It was awesome to see you out there against England. What a momentous victory for the Tillies as you edge towards that World Cup. I feel like the excitement and the expectation here in Australia, really went up a notch last week after that huge victory. Can you just tell us what the excitement was like internally with the group? We may not be the best team in the world all around, but I think what we do on the field, what we do for each other, everyone gives 100% when they're on that field wearing that Australian jersey. And there's something about our fight. That's why I love playing in this team because everyone works for each other and we know what to do to, to win against the world's best. And that was just a prime example. But not any more than that. It is a fantastic victory. An historic victory for Australia in the early hours of Wednesday morning back home. Australia have defeated England by two goals to nil. England, for me, are number one in the world at the moment in form. And um, for us to beat them on home, so I think that's, we know we can do that now in our, in our heads. And I think that's massive for our confidence leading in to the World Cup. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. Do you feel like it's changed the level of belief in this group for what you can do at the World Cup to knock over a team that you view as the best on the planet? I think for us, we, we do have confidence. We do have belief. And I know that every single person has belief in the team. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. But I think just doing it just puts that cherry on top and you know makes us realise that everything that we work towards and if we follow the game plan, then we can beat the best of the best. So I think it's just... A realization of what we do works. As Kerr peels off to the right, finding space. Vines in the middle, back post arriving. Grant deflected, and Charlie Grant 
has her first ever Matilda's goal. Hopefully we can get that right come the World Cup. You talk about it sparking a realisation within the group. I wonder what the rest of the world realised after seeing that. Did you get a sense, even from the English girls, as to them understanding that, hey, these guys are a serious threat? Yeah, I think most people think of us as a bit of an underdog. I know a lot of my teammates at Lyon were very shocked that we won. They kind of laughed a little bit. We just don't really listen to that and we just continue what we're doing. But we know that everyone kind of thinks of us as underdogs, but also when we're at home on home soil, everyone knows that that's an extra lift. Yeah, I think everyone was quite shocked, to be fair. I think that's a fair assessment to make. And it feels to me that one of the more potent tonics in sport is like nobody believes in us. They don't think we can do it. Is that is that a bit of a sense inside the group? Because while you've got enormous home support, is there a sense in the group that, hey, we know that we are maybe better than some of the bigger nations in world football give us credit for? Yeah, I think we have a goal and we have belief inside of the group and we have a circle within the team. We like to call it a family kind and, we know what we believe, we know what we can achieve and that kind of stays inside the group and doesn't come out. So we're all on the same path and we always strive for that. Sam Kerr right now, almost at all times really, feels like she's on another plane. You're fortunate enough to watch it firsthand. You've defended some of the best players in the world. How would you try and stop Sam Kerr? Yeah, for me, Sam is, for me, the best informed striker at the moment in the world. And long ball for Kerr. As it bounces off the surface, Kerr nips in. The mistake by Williamson and Sam Kerr. Very happy that she is on our team. I haven't really had to defend her much. And, um, yeah, that's good for me. <laughs> She's one of the sort of senior members of the team. You know, Tony Gustafson obviously has been crucial in terms of managing the team. I'm interested in your perspective. I mean, we've seen the team change and grow under Tony, how do you think he has changed or grown in his time in charge? I think one of the things that he really wanted to do was uh, create depth in the squad. And I think he's done that very successfully. I think you look at the squad now and a lot of players are pushing for that roster. Also starting spots are up for grabs and that's never really happened. People are coming in and they're performing. Uh, some people aren't in at the moment with injuries and have to come back in like myself, you know, nothing's given. You don't come into camp and think you're going to play. You have to work for it. Um, and I think that's really good come World Cup because you can't have 11 players win the World Cup and you need 23. So I think we're going to have a very strong 23 squad. And I think that's what Tony's done since he came in. He gave a lot of opportunities and tested this, tested that, different formations. So I think he's done great in that sense. It was really interesting to see him build that depth that you're talking about, but almost change gears for him to say, look, the time for experimentation is over. Now we're going to try and refine what we've got. And almost since he made those comments, you guys have been on this tremendous winning run. As someone who was kind of on the edge of the squad because of your injury, but you've come back in, could you sense a difference in the way the squad had built in your time away? I guess just that, like I said before, I think a lot of young players have come up and really shown themselves and matured on the pitch and off the pitch. And that's a credit to themselves for working hard. I think it's really good because everyone keeps pushing each other. And uh, that's what we need because we need people fighting for starting spots and for squad spots. Ellie, you've won two Champions League medals. So you've tasted success at the highest club level. What will satisfy you from the Women's World Cup? What result will satisfy you? 
I have been fortunate enough to win two Champions League medals. And for me, that's top of the top with club. If we were to win a World Cup, that would be an amazing dream come true. Just finally, there's hordes of Matildas fans getting more and more excited every day. What's your message to them as we edge closer to this Women's World Cup? Uh, get your tickets. I know that's really hard to get tickets at the moment, but we can't wait to see you guys in the stand supporting us. And all we want to see when we're playing is a sea of green and gold. We can't wait to be supported by you guys. Ellie Carpenter, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Headlines And staying with football, we are looking at a Milan derby in the Champions League semi-finals after Inter got past Benfica 5-3 on aggregate. AC Milan and Inter Milan at the San Siro for a place in the Champions League final. Juicy. The other semi-final will see Manchester City taking on Real Madrid after the English club drew 1-1 with Bayern Munich, winning 4-1 on aggregate across that tie. Gee, that's a mouthful. First, Joseph Suali'i. Could Payne Haas be next? Rugby Australia boss Hamish McLennan has told News Corp he'd love to see the Broncos prop in Wallabies gold, though the code has yet to formally approach the Brisbane player. He has some pedigree in rugby. The 23-year-old previously played in the Wallabies junior development program before moving to league. Haas is off contract at the end of next season. That means he could be snapped up from November 1st this year. One thing is certain, it won't be just Aussie rugby circling. And Sam Short is lighting up the national swimming trials. The 19-year-old won the men's 800 freestyle after already securing the 400 and 1500 at the Gold Coast meet. One to watch ahead of the Paris Olympics. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Paramount Plus, DAZN and ATA for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.